I forgot my introduction. LOL. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, this is the Ambition Podcast with Israel Zab. This is the podcast where we get to talk about a lot of different things regarding young people, whether it be Christian culture, non-Christian culture, um, Nike shoes from a particular rapper that we'll get uh, canceled for if we mention on this podcast. So feel free to subscribe, comment, and if you buy the shoes, let me know because they do look devilish. Anyway, welcome again. <laughs> I love Hello. my introduction. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> to get you guys in trouble. It's going to be awesome, you know? <laughs> We're right. good. We got Mike and we got Brittany. Welcome, guys, to the podcast. Thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, thanks hey, for having thanks us. thanks for having us. It is amazing. I've been wanting to get you guys on for like a while, but I've had different people in particular order, but I was like, dude, I really want to get you guys because you guys are awesome. You guys are fam. And I love you guys so much. So... Really? Thanks, guys. For yeah, no, yeah, thank, thanks we're for, to be here. for asking us. Dude, seriously. Um, I wanted to get started really quick, just dive in um, to the meat of it. Uh, first off, you guys are both the worship uh, leaders here at our church here at Centro Vida. Um, you're more the music director and you get to do all the fun techie stuff as well. Brittany, you do a lot of the worship leading and singing alongside with Mike and the team and everything. Um, how do you guys work together so good because you guys chemistry on stage and off stage is like really good how do you guys like build that we'll start with mike first yeah i'll <laughs> piggyback off of mike <laughs> awesome <laughs> uh well in the very beginning uh truth um or straight facts we didn't really like each other <laughs> uh yeah, we kind of put up with each other can we dive into that who bullied who first <laughs> Uh, Mike bullied me. Oh, we got the victim. We got the victim. Let's go, Mike. Kidding. What's your defense? Yeah. Well, um, it's it's you know, <laughs> pastors are usually easy target. Oh yeah. Well, don't act like you're no like you're pastor kid just as much as I am. Okay. Yeah, but my but dad's I, not the pastor of this church. Okay, but I feel like you already like had like your assumptions of how I was as a person just because of my whatever you call it like the label of being a pastor's kid. But no, it wasn't. <laughs> Anyways, this is my. Anyway, answer. sorry. <laughs> this Goodbye. is Mike's time to shine. So let it out, Mike. Let it out. <laughs> well, uh, like I said, we didn't really like each other in the very beginning, but um, uh, there came a point where uh, it was kind of time for me to step into the main role, and I wasn't really going to do it by myself because I don't speak Spanish. I'm trying to work really hard on uh, learning it, but um, I wasn't going to do it overnight. So I uh, sat with uh, uh, a couple people, but uh, one of the main ones was uh, Britt. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this by myself. Uh, I want you to uh, co-lead with me um, and uh, kind of handle <clears throat> all the like the social interactions and because I'm not really a people person. So uh, you lead most of the songs or, you know, uh, especially for the very beginning and uh, kind of help envision uh, what we should do from uh, this point going forward. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> she uh, she said, yeah. And uh, then from there. Uh, you know, it still took uh, a while to kind of get used to each other's chemistry. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we started to figure each other out. Mm -hmm. uh, but the main thing that kind of um, really <laughs> bridged the gap 
was uh, the fact that we were like super honest people. Right. Uh, and we just like to have like straight talk. We don't like to beat around the bush. And as soon as I've kind of figured out, figured that out about her and she figured that out about me, uh, things kind of flowed a lot better. Uh, we still had like the arguments and like the miscommunications <laughs> when it came to uh, signals and all that. But um, yeah. Uh, I didn't feel like um, weird about confronting her about any issue mm. and uh, vice versa. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, in regards to leading a team, uh, it was very easy to communicate. And that's kind of the first thing that you have to really uh, nail down is the communication. Yeah. Because a lot of people communicate, but uh, it's like not um, they're just it's it's not honest. It's not sincere. Uh, so I, uh, uh, I'm all about like effective communication. We're not just making noise. We're actually saying things that right. mean something. Powerful. And we uh, do that with the rest of the team, not just with each other. And we do that with the platform as well. We don't want to sing songs that you know, don't mean anything to us. Uh, we don't want to say any cliches over the yeah. mic mm -hmm. that are uh, just said because we want people to clap. Mm. We want to uh, say things like, uh, you know, just with sincerity. It's, you know, uh, just something that uh, comes from within, not something that has been like rehearsed. I love how you were talking about how you uh, you communicate and you guys were figuring each other out and the building stages, trying to build that chemistry. Um, especially effective communication, how you brought it across. Um, because I believe it's very important to speak the same language. And I'm not talking about just English and Spanish, but to actually know where both sides is actually coming from. That way, it's like, as you were saying, you're not making a lot of noise because anybody can make noise when mm -hmm. they're talking. It's like I can speak English, Brittany will speak Spanish, or both speaking two different languages, although making sounds. But if you're speaking the same language, things can happen that are super awesome, super amazing. Brittany, yeah. piggybacking off of what Mike said, you know, speaking, you know, not necessarily about the bullying, more like <laughs> how you were the victim, well, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my perspective of how this all went about was, yeah, Mike asked me and when he did ask me to co-lead with him, we we like didn't have really like a close relationship. I just kind of worked with him semi like with songs whenever I would lead <coughs> here and there. But um, when he asked me, I obviously, like you said, I said yes. But um, I think one of the main reasons why I said yes is I really liked his um, desire for excellence, to pursue yeah. excellence in everything and always just give your best, like don't give second best. And also we we kind of realized that we had the same uh, taste in music when it comes to like worship songs. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like... I could, the things I desired to accomplish in a worship team, I could do it alongside of him. So I obviously said yes. Obviously, just because I said yes, it wasn't like, okay, yeah, this is super easy and it all flows good. It, it has taken a lot of time for us to kind of nail down our chemistry. And like you said, being honest with each other, being upfront with one another, even when it's like the awkward, hard conversations. But I think we built a trust that mm -hmm. whatever we say, we know that we're not saying it to hurt each other's feelings or to cut uh, someone down, but we're saying it just to kind of help us grow and, uh, you know, critique, but in the healthy way of critiquing. So I think that's what's helped us a lot to grow in our chemistry together is just we talk to each other, but we're not... Uh, how do I say we're not sensitive or just worried about that he's hurting my feelings, but I know he's doing it for me to grow or vice versa. So, I love that. So in the in the beginning process, when you guys had to learn to work around each other, um, 
what was it that drew you guys because you said you loved his belief about serving with excellence and passion all right one of the biggest things that i um firmly say is and i don't really get a lot of positive feedback when i say it man i make this statement because it is semi-provocative um the church is known for many things but one of those things that they're not known for is uh having excellent quality we're more known for mediocrity so when you find a couple people within the church group um that strongly strive for and when i mean by quality i'm not talking about having a one equipment i'm not talking about have multi-million dollar uh industry backing you but just that passion and that drive what is it that for both of you guys what is it that makes you guys want to strive to be better than average because you guys not only show up on Sunday and practice before service, but you guys have a couple practices throughout the week, and those practices aren't 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Sometimes they can stretch for hours. Where do you guys find that inside of yourself to be like, we're not going to be status quo, but we're going for it? Mike, go with you first. I I don't really start off with thinking about... Uh, well, I try not to start off with thinking about being uh, better than average. Uh, I, I do think that I'm gifted. I think that uh, I, I have a lot of things going for me, but I don't start off with like the mindset where I got to be better than than the next person. Uh, because like if I were to be realist, realistic about uh, where we are at right now, I think we would uh, be like average at best within like the secular world mm. um our talents our giftings our abilities are just not up to uh, not up to par not up to par um even with uh uh the tech stuff like we're not we're not there yet uh we just um uh we just always push ourselves i think the thing that we always remind our team is to be your best mm. uh, yeah. not Powerful. like not the best um, because, uh, you know, that's, that's not the, the right metric that you want to use, uh, when you're trying to, um, uh, refine your skill set. you need to just think about being your personal best. Mm -hmm. Uh, honestly, like the, I've always heard like the comparison is like the thief joy, yes. yeah. which is, uh, something that can like easily discourage you, uh, and you you want to always just compare uh, yourself with yourself, not yourself with the next person, because you don't know what their uh, struggles or what their resources are. So it's not a fair uh, comparison. It's hardly ever a fair comparison. You always want to compare yourself with like the previous Sunday. Did mm -hmm. I am I doing better than last yeah. Sunday? If I'm not doing better than last Sunday, then uh, I need to fix something. Um, with the stream and all the tech stuff, we've always taken it one week at a time where we are like, what can we change? Even if it's a small detail that can make us better, that can mm. look better, that can sound better, that can uh, flow better. Um, and sometimes it would be as small as just changing a cable, changing a battery or changing a lens. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of people kind of focus on like the big changes, like, oh man, we're going to change a camera or we're going to change a microphone. Uh, but like the small ones are super important too. Uh, 
so uh, that's kind of like uh, the way I see it. Like just make incremental steps to become a better you or uh, better yourself, better your environment. Um, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, what keeps you not satisfied? Uh, what keeps you hungry for more um, instead of just being satisfied with how you did uh, for the theoretical yesterday? Well, kind of like piggybacking off a of mic. <laughs> um, I never, one thing we always talk about, especially amongst our team, and something I really just hold close to my heart is I never want to become complacent. And mm. so I always, like just for my personal growth, I always want to strive to be better. I always want to better myself and see what areas do I lack in or what areas could I uh, uh, do better in. So I always just kind of keep that in mind throughout like services. And I, you know, I think, but believe me, I analyze like the worship sets and all that. And I always think like, what did I do that probably wasn't the best or what's something I could do better next week? So that's what kind of keeps me just to move forward. But I think another thing is like, I always just, what I've already said, I, we always want to give excellence to God and everything that we do mm. with our worship, with the technical aspect of it, everything. We always want to give him the best. And like what you're saying earlier about our practices being long, um, or they can go on for hours. I think like one of them, like for me personally as a singer, I want to practice the songs so much that they become like muscle memory. So Ooh. I'm not too focused on the lyrics or the order of the song or what comes next, but it's like muscle memory that I'm not really focused on that as much, but I'm more focused on God Ooh. and what he's doing in the moment spiritually. And, and I'm focused on the people and where they're at and where their connection <laughs> is with him in the moment. So I just feel like the technical side is super important, but that's why practice is just as important because when you practice so much and like it's embedded in you, you're not the technical side is like kind of in you that you're doing it correctly. And you're not really focusing on it. You're focusing more on the spirit. And one thing that I did want to um, uh, recap is like right now, um, excellence isn't coming from church but it's not every church mm -hmm. uh i i strongly believe that um a lot of our music a lot of our um uh, technology uh, this equipment they were made because like the churches started to grow and the churches needed yeah. this and so uh engineers from you know all these places even like black magic a10 they uh started to uh see that there was a great need and they uh engineered equipment that would facilitate that need uh and that came from the church it didn't come from like the secular world uh with music um james brown michael jackson um uh, Elvis Presley, all the greats, they got their vibe, their rhythm, uh, their soul from church. Mm -hmm. They yeah. didn't get it from like other secular artists. Uh, they just took that even like, you know, Ray Charles, it's in the document or like, you know, the biopic that they had um, where he got a lot of his soul from from uh, Southern Gospel. Right. And uh, it it's like the excellence has always come from the church even like um you know in ancient times uh michelangelo all of our great artists came from church they mm -hmm. were doing it as like um as like excellence to god beethoven it, it was just something that uh they wanted to bring uh for everybody to see like this is what i'm giving to god this yeah. is for the church this is for um his kingdom so with it, it's always been that mindset and i think it's always <coughs> come from the church uh, but, you know, not every church has those same standards, yeah. uh, unfortunately. And um, then, uh, you know, those things 
uh, you know, find their way into the secular world. And that's kind of where we're at. When you when your quality starts with you, but it continues elsewhere and it doesn't point back to you, I feel I feel in a sense that we lost we lost a lot of people who are um, who weren't able to make the best. We weren't able to feel we were not able to fill, uh, facilitate the best people, people like Beyonce or Katy Perry or Megan Fox or people who you listed like Michael Jackson or even Prince because we weren't ready to facilitate those people. Um, but the biggest thing that I do love are the people who are rising up through our ranks now, you know, and I think that's where we're starting to pour into um, new talent, whether it be through photography, whether it be through videography, whether it be through broadcasting, whether it be sound, we're getting a lot more intertwined. Like you were mentioning how black magic is starting to produce more, uh, more equipment for the sake of hey we have another demographic that needs our equipment it's not just kanye west with a floating stage but it's nyc or it's other different groups that are using our equipment um which is super awesome and i love it because now we're rising to the occasion more or less the biggest thing that i wanted to draw through um or draw to now is um how have you guys found because now you guys are reaching like a new, I don't want to say new popularity, but you guys are reaching a different level to where you guys are becoming more well-known throughout the Latin region. How do you guys deal with the positive feedback as well as the negative criticism, if I may say it that way? Well, one thing I want to kind of touch back on is, kind of touch back on one of the things that you said, uh, how the church lost all these uh, different artists. And I, I don't see it that way. I think that those artists lost out on church. Uh, the Bible says that all things come from God, go through God, and go back to God. All things work together for uh, uh, for the good of those that uh, love him and serve him. So I, I think that um, ultimately... Uh, God's going to facilitate the resources uh, for his church. And there are going to be people that lose out on that opportunity. For example, if I were to, uh, God forbid, just, you know, backslide, walk away from church, never come back. Never I'm happen. losing out. Right. The church isn't losing out. God's not losing out. He's the right. one that created me. He can do it again. I mean, that's like, you know, what my parents uh, always said, you know, like, uh, I brought you into this world. I can take you out of this world. <laughs> Every uh, parent to their yeah. children ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the truth is, uh, that's not true. But with God, it is, though. Truth is that it's not true. Truth is. How do you guys lead through um, criticism and through positive feedback, though? Like, how do you? How do you differentiate and be like, okay, no, this is my path, whether I'm loved or I'm not loved today? Like, how do you guys stay centered? Starting with Mike. Uh, we don't really uh, take a whole lot of comments and criticism from people that we don't know. Uh, we value the comments and criticisms um, from people that we respect. And yeah. obviously there's a lot of people on YouTube and everybody has a keyboard and they can type whatever they want, whatever thought yeah. that comes across their mind, mm -hmm. whatever opinion that they have. Uh, and we've received all of them. Uh, but obviously if like we don't know them, why is their opinion of any value to us? 
and uh, the the stuff that like whenever they like give a testimony and they're talking about themselves, obviously that's important. That matters to us. But when they're trying to tell us how to do something different or something that we should do different um, or something that they don't agree with, obviously like, uh, OK, that's great for you. That may work for you. But um, that uh, opinion doesn't really apply to me because I don't know uh, where you're coming from. Mm. It's kind of like um, if uh, happens all the time where like uh, uh, if Brit were to receive a comment on uh, a song, how she sang uh, from some Edmana in the church, if she doesn't know that Edmana, she's probably not going to take her uh, critique to heart or like if she were to get like a vocal tip yeah. and Hispanics are really big into like giving uh, unwarranted tips <laughs> just like out of nowhere like no hey wrong. you know what you should do you is you should do this uh, <laughs> and this and this and that's going to make you sound even better uh, and so like Hispanics are really known for that I mean I'm, I probably have that somewhere in me but uh, if I really wanted to give like say uh, Brit or you an opinion uh, and like, dude, I really think that uh, Izzy's ministry can grow, uh, but I think he needs to change this about himself. The first thing that I would do is get to know you, right? Uh, yeah. Build a relationship with you, right. gain your respect, uh, earn your respect, and uh, then I feel that you would then value my opinion, and then that's when I could like, hey, uh, I really love you. I really love where you're going. I think you should try this differently, and that's the kind of that's the proper way to give a criticism. And if it doesn't go that way, then uh, you know the for us the way we've always uh, done things, we don't really uh, take those criticisms, uh, you know, to heart. Distance always tends to create distortion, you know. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I've stood firmly on. Brittany, how do you tend to receive compliment or criticism, and how do you stay centered? I mean, everything that Mike says, kind of, I feel the same way. <coughs> but it's true. It's it can I like being completely honest. It is easy to get caught up like what i tell people is like don't go on youtube and don't like look at the comments and because especially if you're just like in a sensitive place like it's just it's not going to help especially if there's negative comments mm -hmm. and like what mike said like there's no personal relationship with that person so you don't know where that person is coming from with that comment and on my end they may not know why i like depending on what the comment is like if it if it was a vocal tip like mike said they don't really know maybe there's a reason why i sing this way or why i did a certain part this way whatever the case may be but yeah I think it's just super crucial to have that relationship in order to receive that critique or that comment whether it was positive or negative because if I have like a good relationship with someone and they're giving me a, a, a comment or critiquing me with something like I'm gonna like take that very well mm. because I have like basically that respect that trust in them sure. but if it's from a total stranger <laughs> yeah it's gonna be very hard for me to receive that um, but yeah you just can't get caught up in that I encourage people don't how do you like deal with people when they ask you why aren't you wearing shoes oh my gosh <laughs> this is the question of i would say the question of the year but it happened all last like year too 2019 i know it's, it's or 2020 like, yeah honestly like i you know i get this question all the time and i get comments about it all the time but when i first like when i first started it it wasn't people were getting too deep in it thinking it's this whole spiritual aspect of it and i'm like <laughs> Holy it's ground. not yeah literally but it wasn't it was just like i 
you know, shoes can sometimes be uncomfortable. And if it's affecting my worship, I'm going to take them off so I can feel more liberated to like worship. But I feel like honestly now, since like just doing it so often i haven't actually recently but because i've been wearing like tennis shoes or whatever but Did they bully you into wearing shoes again probably <laughs> no 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 i will take them off any day it's just the fact that i've chosen now to wear flats or tennis shoes or sandals not like heels or wedges it's, sorry i can't do that ever again i mean those years are gone but um i think now i do kind of hold it as some as a more spiritual aspect do you even own any high heels <laughs> i want to know i have like probably one pair now but i only wear it to like weddings or some very special special occasion that you wore on your wedding <laughs> probably yeah that's probably the only pair i have left i actually yeah i probably should buy like another pair of wedges for like a special occasion just but in case. yeah just in case <laughs> But like I was saying, I think now I do kind of hold it as more of like there's more spiritual side to it. Because I'm thinking in my head, if I'm wearing anything that's affecting me from giving like my full expression of worship or my full ability to give God all of my worship, all my praise, like, yeah, I, then that's like a conviction I hold. <laughs> like, I think it's wrong to have wear anything or, you know, so that's going to make you feel uncomfortable or not give your your full self to God in like a worship moment. So what was like for, for you, Brittany? Yeah. Mike, you can ask. Uh, you can answer your, your version of it after. Um, what was your? Um, I don't want to say breakup, but what was your moment that was like? I'm not going to lead worship the same way I've been. I'm going to lead worship the way you do now, because for years you haven't led worship the same way every week. So some like what changed in you that was like, no, this is who I really am and this is how i'm going to express my worship to the lord i i wouldn't say it was like like the next day i completely changed i think it's all like a day by day like i'm growing into the worship leader i am today so it wasn't like um the person i am like last year or how I worship, I am completely different now, but it wasn't like I woke up one day and I completely changed. But <laughs> I think, uh, one like moment that I, that was kind of like a big moment for me, or just realized like I love worship and I don't want to do it reserved or in this very, like in a box way, I think was when we came back from NAYC and I was at my home church and I was gone for like two weeks, I think. Yeah. And I missed my home church and like their just their presence of worship and how crazy they get and how loud they like to sing and how much they love to dance. Like I missed that. So I like kind of went crazy that service, <laughs> like, like probably like running up and down the platform or whatever. And that was probably like, that was probably one big moment where mm. I was like, I, I, I don't want to like just do the routine thing. Like whatever I feel in my heart to do in my expression of worship or whatever melodies I feel to sing, like I want to do it unto him without any boundaries, as long as my heart's for him. And I think that's the most important thing that you can do. So that was probably one moment, but I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I, I know I'm not the same person like leading worship I was last year, but it's a day by day growing process. I love that, Mike, for uh, you um being a part of this uh this church for the amount of time that you have and then partnering with uh with Brittany um and then she comes back from that experience and she's she's gone hills are gone it's just barefoot Brittany over there you know like I'm so everything dead. <laughs> man we should get that nickname to stick never mind <laughs> how did you um i guess 
follow along with that? Like, were you just flowing with her, or were you taken aback when she went off, or how did that go with you when that? No, when that I I welcomed it. I <clears throat> I really think that uh, you know I'm not I'm not her parent or anything like that. Uh, but whenever like you're trying to raise somebody to become their own person, you gotta allow them enough uh, opportunities to kind of grow and discover themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if and if like you're always like saying you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that, then they're gonna become either like very um, conflicted with themselves because uh, like this is who they want to be but they're repeatedly told like this is who I can't be mm. so mm-hmm. like it they're gonna be conflicted with themselves yeah uh, and uh, then an, another um, option would be like they would become just like mirror images of yeah. uh, of me like so I don't mm-hmm. want this is another thing that we always tell our team but um, uh, same thing applies to Brit. I don't want Brit to be like me. I, mm-hmm. I don't want that. I just want to uh, kind of like coach her in a way t- to that, like she can be her own person. Mm-hmm. So if she's like struggling on a song, why are we struggling on that song? If she's having an issue with the pitch, why are we having that issue with the pitch? And mm-hmm. then we kind of build off of that. And I knew that like her not wearing shoes for the uh, that period of time, that was another... I got to ask you about that. Why did you continue wearing shoes? You guys are yeah. partners. No. Like, so are dead. you going to like take off the shoes Bro, one yeah, day? It, it wasn't my growing process. <laughs> it wasn't his growing process. It wasn't his it, season, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I've already went through my growing uh, things. Uh, but um, but I know she did receive a lot of criticism, uh, even um, in our local environment. And uh, I I came to her defense and I was like, look, she's doing this. Uh, She's very young. She's uh, uh, she's uh, hasn't been leading worship, leading a team, leading uh, every week for a very long time. And so this is what she's doing now. That may not be what she's doing later on. She may turn into somebody else. But I remember when I was kind of growing up, I would do certain things. Uh, I would hate for people like tell me not to do that. And uh, like a year down the road, like I wouldn't be doing that same thing anymore mm-hmm. just because like, all right, I figured out another way to do it or I'm expressing myself differently. Uh, so I I was given the opportunity to kind of discover myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that we want to uh, to show to our team. Like we want like for Frankie, like we want you to uh, understand structure, understand our camera. But then once you understand uh, some of those uh, critical components, then we let you kind of just I heard like a really good word. Uh, uh, we want to empower him to, you know, to figure who (laughs) he is, who he is as a drummer. We like and. I was really thinking about like earlier today uh, and this whole week about like why is like empowering such a such a different word mm-hmm. it's not a word that we really hear or i ever hear yeah. in the churches that i grew up in um i always hear power mm. power and uh you know there's power in the name of jesus you have the power to cast out demons you have the power to heal bodies you have the power to do this this and this but the thing the, the thing that makes empowering different is that like you're literally 
<clears throat> if I were to tell, like, I'm empowering you to lead worship, that's me giving accountability from me, authority from me, uh, mm -hmm. over to somebody else. Right. And that's me having to trust somebody else. Yeah. Like I'm empowering you to do a certain thing. And, uh, I, I can't really take that back. I, right. I have to, you know, just let that, let that be. And that's different than saying like, you have the power to lead worship. Mm -hmm. No, like I'm giving you something that, you know, belongs to me and I'm going to give it to you because I trust you. And I believe that your heart is, <coughs> is sincere and you're going to do great things. Yeah. That's so good. that's why I, I just, you know, I fell in love with the word empowering Empower. mm -hmm. because it's, it's, you know, it, it, it kind of answers your question where like, <clears throat> she's not wearing shoes. I, you know, uh, well, what do you want me to say about that? But like, I, <laughs> I think that she, she can go back to that and that's fine with me, but it, it's not about the shoes. For sure, yeah. It's about her figuring out, uh, how to lead worship. Right. And all those questions, I don't even know like the answers to, but uh, I'm not going to like uh, tell her, well, first of all, you need to put your shoes back on. <laughs> well, that's what I think if we're so focused <laughs> on whether or not I'm wearing shoes or whoever is wearing shoes or not wearing shoes. I think we're missing the whole purpose of what we're doing. It's not about the shoes. It's about like having encounters with God and having those moments and everyone having those moments, not just one person, but if our eyes are just caught up on our feet or whatever else the case may be, then wow. we're missing it. So it's not about the shoes guys. It's about the savior. Yes. Let's go. Tweetable one-liners. So <laughs> I remember we put your flats on offer up one day. Or your oh shoes. my <laughs> gosh. You guys need to stop. Well, she wasn't using them. <laughs> I wasn't using them. Good one. Dude, Frankie oh, keeps saying I need to like sell my poderoso Dios dress. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you need to stop right now. <laughs> Hermana from Latin America will be like, yeah, it's got the anointing. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about, I want to know, um, as we're slowly starting to wrap things up a little bit, um, you've come out with a song, um, Levantate Yanda, and yes. you're coming out with another song. Is it uh, Oye Clamamos? Yes. Oye my Spanish is not that good. No, you said it. You said it's it coming good, out this Friday. Coming, coming out, out this, this Friday. Friday. Yeah. So We're when, so stoked. When this episode comes out, um, the song will already yeah. be out. Um, so I'm super excited mm -hmm. about it. Um, talk to me about, uh, did you guys both write the song or is it you or how did the writing process go? It was both of us. Both of us. Um, both of us being both of you guys. I yeah, no Mike and I. Song. I mean, <laughs> no, with Oiklamamo specifically, is Mike and I. And then we had our friend Isaac help us out. We oh, yeah. had, it was kind of a little bit of a group thing, I think, like uh, Humber <laughs> we Jazz. We were struggling a lot on the bridge. Yeah, we were struggling a lot on the bridge. So I think, like, Humber Jazz, Edward, like, they all kind of like helped out in on different this one ways. Or? Yeah, on okay. Oiklamamos. Yeah. How did the how does generally the writing process go? Is it like inspiration? Is it a theme? Like, where does the vibe, I guess, start, Brittany? It. I mean, it varies. I'm very new to songwriting. Like, I haven't been doing this for years, and especially in Spanish, it was a bit intimidating at first. But I really felt God's like pushed me to do it, and He's you know helped me and guided me. But um, some of like Oiklamamos, specifically the chorus, it came out of a spontaneous moment that we had in a church service mm, during uh, it was during quarantine. But we had a couple of our church members there, like very couple of like the leaders. And I remember I, I we were just like it just came out of nowhere and we were just singing it. And I noticed how 
catchy it was where everyone like the whole the few people that were there they were all <laughs> yeah. singing it too and it was just like a very catchy phrase in it and I wanted to dig deeper with that. So right. I took it to Mike and I was like, okay, I like this chorus. He told me he liked it too. And, you know, obviously like the chorus is just saying like, today we cry out that you are holy. And then mm. we just started talking, okay, uh, like what does holiness mean to you? Like how, how do we understand what holy is? What's the definition of it and all of that? And then we just kind of started talking and writing and singing. So, Mike, how is it, um, I guess co-writing with with Brittany, someone who's like newer to the writing stage, and mm -hmm. she comes from a spontaneous moment, um, which I actually want to dive into. Uh, leading through crisis, worship leading through crisis. After we cycle through this, um, but how was it writing with with Brittany from that moment on? Uh, <clears throat> well, we've written a few songs. I'm no expert at it. Um, it's it's a very uh vulnerable process yeah where like you don't know like because this this phrase means a lot to you or it doesn't or you don't know if it means anything to you and you have to kind of like allow somebody else to listen to that to critique that yeah and so there's a lot of trust that is needed in order for that for to sure. kind of take place uh and uh so with levante de anda it kind of just fell into place uh right. we were um uh, we took one part from another uh and like a, a spontaneous moment oh, and yeah, then um then i came up with like uh like a bridge slash chorus mm -hmm. a chorus i didn't know what it was mm -hmm. um or where we could put it and then we were gonna end up just putting it into another song and we're like uh, kind of thinking of ways that we can put and, and then after a while it just all kind of fell together and we're like dude i think this is a song wow yeah. and so uh <laughs> i love that yeah and then the oiklamamos um yeah it th that one kind of fell together too except for like the bridge, bridge. we were a little struggling uh, we were struggling with that one but um yeah we're we're both really new to this process um i always kind of like uh, remind myself of the time that we heard move your heart before it was released Ooh, uh like months and months before um it, it was released and when we had heard it um somebody had sent it to humbert and humbert sent it to us and we we're like this is a cool song you know it needs some work <laughs> love the face it sells what you're saying <laughs> yeah it's kind of cool and then uh then we heard it sung in a service because that was just a demos right. um and we heard it <clears throat> sung in a service and like oh snap man yeah we lost it and that's it that's the hard part it's like you you have such a valuable line but you don't really know that it's valuable um uh, until you have like the right filter over it like if if i i try to think like if i heard everybody singing this line in a service would it sound good and i don't have a good voice I don't think I have a good voice. So I have to kind of imagine myself uh, or uh, imagine somebody else singing a line that I had just written. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, would that sound good with their voice or with Brit's mm -hmm. voice? Uh, and uh, so it's a very like long, tedious process that I hope will uh, get streamlined because, yeah. um, you know, I don't, I don't want it to take like, you know, uh, a year for us to write three songs. I yeah. want it to be like, you know, uh, uh, 
you know us to come out with like a full album that would be awesome i can't wait yeah that that'd be legit but we haven't gotten to that skill set hopefully god is uh are we at ep uh, level yet EP? uh not even ep <laughs> level not I, even ep yeah we're we're about like a couple we have i think in total um uh three to four songs uh so it's like an ambition exclusive three to four songs yeah. like ready a little sneak like, peek yeah sneak, hashtag yeah there's this other <laughs> song that we've been like working on oh for my a while. gosh for a while yeah and but, it's like good we just it's the one that i like it. the most really <laughs> yeah. really i didn't even know that i'm like really yeah I, I think it has like the most uh potential but um Is I, it I mean gonna make me like super duper cry am i gonna get slain in the spirit uh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean levante de yanda has like that emotional pull yeah in the very beginning yeah. um but uh uh, but yeah, this other song m- might have the same effect. Uh, I don't know. But again, we're we're not quick with this. It's not a quick process. It takes a long time, and a lot of uh, you know uh, frustration. I feel like too, we're both like, and he was saying like songwriting is vulnerable, and it right. is. But I feel like it's even like more vulnerable for us because, like he said, we send it to someone for them to hear, and they're kind of hearing like the words that we write or the melodies that we come up with, it's kind of like coming from our hearts. So, you know, you're scared to see how someone's going to react on top of that. Like for me, I'm scared and, you know, anxious making sure my Spanish is correct or what I'm even saying in Spanish, like is translator or makes sense to like a Spanish speaker. So that's always my biggest fear, but I, I'll never forget. Like when we, we sent Levante de Anda, like the demo of it to Yvette. And I always have her like check my Spanish, make sure it makes sense, grammar and all that. And Yvette I remember, Ramirez, the singer of Celebra Victorioso. <laughs> Stop. You can't follow yeah, her. She doesn't have I was going to say Instagram. go follow her, but yeah, she doesn't have an Instagram yet. Can we get that uh, YouTube video higher in the ranking? <laughs> it's like, what is the top six, top seven? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's yeah. up there. But uh, we sent it to her and literally she only fixed one word. And it was wow. like the most, it was like in the verse. I think she put like uh, lo instead of, I forgot, like Joel or something like that. But yeah, I was I was really proud of us because like that was all they corrected with the Spanish grammar. Levantate y anda um, is translated as a rise and walk, right? More yeah, or less, right? yeah. So I, mind you, I am... I can't really understand all of that, but I understood the chorus. Or is it the chorus of the bridge where he's like, live on the, 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 the bridge. Yeah, the yeah. bridge. Sorry. I don't even know music. No, <laughs> so, it's all good. You got but it. I, I loved that part and I like started crying. I showed it to a couple of my friends from different uh, uh, groups in Placer County and um, they were like, bro, so awesome. What is it saying? And I said, I don't know, but it's a rise <laughs> and walk. So get ready. <laughs> you know, Where did that song come from? I think I might kind of mention a little bit the chorus itself. I don't think I know. This is facts. <laughs> the chorus came <laughs> no from cap. an no altar cap. call moment that we had. And I was just singing the chorus, the I, purificame y perdoname, which just means purify me and forgive me. Mm-hmm. And I was just repeating that. And so we just kind of talked more about it. And I think the song Levante de Anda kind of comes out of my personal experience of what we've already shared of... Um, as I'm not fluent in Spanish, I sometimes it's very easy to not feel like you're capable of doing like what God's like given you to do. Mm. And 
sometimes self-doubt can get in your head and you can think like, oh my gosh, like there's so many other more people that are way more qualified than me to write in Spanish and sing in Spanish and talk in Spanish and lead in Spanish and all that. Um, but I, I'm a vessel and I want to be a vessel for God and I want him to use me in any way that he can, even if I feel like I'm not capable, like here mm. I am, use me. And That's so Levante Teanda is just kind of talking about being a vessel and wanting to be used by him. And then at the end, uh, the beginning part is kind of like our perspective to him, talking to him, how we want to be a vessel purified so we can be used by you. And the bridge is kind of the turning page of switching from our perspective to his perspective, mm. where he's telling us like my child, like my son, my daughter, like get up and walk like your sins have already been forgiven like don't think about your shame don't think about like how you're not capable or qualified but the famous phrase mike always says say it please she mixes it up i do mix it up <laughs> uh, god doesn't call the qualified but he qualifies the call yeah <laughs> i always mix it up keys but, keys come <laughs> but i got it i got it yeah I love that. I remember I was listening to um, a sermon, um, and this speaker he was uh, he was saying he was saying if God called you to do something, it's because He put it in you. So when He calls you and He says do this, He's not expecting anything from you that He didn't give you. So I love how you're becoming more open to just putting yourself out there more, especially through these vulnerable spots of writing. Super awesome. Um, one thing that I wanted to hit on really was during COVID, we're coming out of it, thankfully. I sat in inside a restaurant in my home city of Elk Grove for the first time. Oh. It was amazing. Cool. It what was restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Chando's Tacos. So okay. shout out. I'll have to go there. <laughs> yeah. Jose, I'm not going to lie. The tacos were actually A1 this time. So I was surprised. He doesn't have a mic on him, guys. So sorry. He said sheesh. <laughs> sheesh kebab. Sheesh kebab. <laughs> we're going to get everybody saying that. Um, but I wanted to talk about really quickly leading through crisis, worship leading through crisis. Um COVID, it hit a lot of us in different ways. We were managing it through different ways. Quarantine life, not being able to really um, be around all of our peers and family as much as we wanted to. Everyone was hitting it differently. And um, when the first week or so, uh, when different uh, establishments were on lockdown, then it finally got to the church. As you had mentioned before, there weren't a lot of people um during some of those sessions um those gatherings of worship um it was really just the band the minister who's going to do transition and the speaker for most part of it talk to me how was it um worship leading our extended family online mike you start off with it uh well it had it it had its pros and cons, uh, a lot of pros at first, because um, we we just liked the idea of uh, of not, well, I think from a pastor's perspective or from a music director's perspective, we're always kind of like watching how many people are there attending a service mm. uh, for a Sunday. If like the pews aren't full, uh, that gives uh, anxiety, at least to me. I'm like, okay, like, where's everybody at? Why aren't people here? There's mm -hmm. only like uh, a handful of people here. What's going on? 
uh, or like, you know what, we really need to pick up our evangelism or, you know, we really need to do better on like getting people to the church. But with COVID, obviously that kind of flew out the window and we didn't have to really think about like who was there, who wasn't there, who liked the song, who didn't like the song. Yeah. Right. We definitely didn't have to worry about how loud the sound was. Oh, and so sure. we could just really uh, kind of just express ourselves yeah. uh, with the most sincerity to date um, and during that, during that season. And I, I really liked it. And thankfully we had already been streaming for um, a year or two. Yeah. And so we are, we already had a process. I also think that, um, you know, like I said before, with all things, God's always going to receive the glory in, right. the, in the kingdom. Uh, and there was a church that I was helping out and uh, for the longest time they wanted to do stream, but um, they they uh, just kept on holding back. They didn't want to stream. They didn't want to stream. They didn't want to have like uh, their services out there. Uh, and um, I was trying to help them out and um, they they were they wanted to do it. But I think what the problem was is that if it didn't sound good or look good or didn't like come across like they wanted it to, mm -hmm. they didn't want it online. So, uh, I and I can understand that. I mean, if you have like a really bad service, you don't want that kind of thing floating around for other people to see because that's going to be their first impression. But I think uh, a lot of churches had that same feeling. That's why they didn't really want to dive into it. But through COVID, right. God really pressed on to every church, uh, every church that like there is no other way. Mm. Like you cannot be ashamed of your services. Come on. It's either for the whole world or it's for nobody at all. That's powerful. So thankfully, we had already had a jump start on it and we were like streaming all of our services. Uh, and uh, so whenever COVID came, uh, you know, it was just mainly the team. And it also taught us how to like we're we're not here to um, uh, sing songs for an applause. Mm. We're here to That's sing songs, sing songs, and worship uh, uh, to a king, to a god. Yeah. Uh, and so all we got is a camera in front of us, and uh, we we have to make this moment count. And yeah. you can tell easily on a camera if it's meant for the viewer or if it's meant for God. That's so true. If it's meant for the viewer, you know, it, it just comes across different. It's really hard to explain. Uh, but when it's honestly just like, hey, um, it, it's between uh, this singer and to God, and you're there to watch it on a camera uh, at home, it's like it, it just came off very sincere. And I think that's one of the reasons why the blessing just like took off mm. uh, because it was an appropriate song for the time and it spoke to the church. Yeah. And um, uh, Britt sang it in a way where it was like, you know, that was her prayer uh, for that time that everybody need, needed to hear. That. And it was something, it, it was really a prayer to God. It, it wasn't just a prayer to, uh, you know, the, the people that were watching. Um, and, and I'm sure they received a blessing from it as well. But uh, it's, it's really important to always kind of keep our eyes focused on who the song is for. Yeah. It is not for attendance. It's not for numbers. It's not for the people. Um, and it's not necessarily just to make them feel good either. It, it really is. Uh, we are there to sing a song to God. And our job as worship leaders is to encourage every person that walks through those doors mm -hmm. the best we can to worship with us as we sing this God song to God. Yeah.
Brittany, how was it for you leading through crisis? (laughs) I'm like, yes, I'm like reflecting on all those moments during COVID. But um, yeah, it was it was different. And I know a lot of people there just were we're, like like me, too. We're all accustomed to singing in front of like a congregation or an audience. Mm -hmm. But it is dangerous if we rely on that audience in order to give like our best worship Mm. And I think what something that helped our team a lot was we were already having our Friday night rehearsals. And in those rehearsals, we practice the songs, but usually a lot, a majority of our practices would lead to us having worship moments. And we're on the platform because we're, you know, getting our sound in check, whatever, all that. But we would just kind of get lost in those moments. And I felt like those practices really prepared us for COVID or the whole quarantine, the lockdown, because uh, there was no one in the sanctuary doing our practices. It was right. just us as a team. So whenever we had services without any of the church people there, it it didn't feel different. It's just like, guys, it's just how we practice on Fridays. Like, it did, we don't need the people here to worship God and flow in his presence. So we just mm. kind of did that. So I feel like God kind of prepared us both for the stream, as Mike explained, how we had that in advance. Thank God. But also I felt like God prepared us to be able to worship him without an audience being Mm. present. So it was it was different. But I think we had some really beautiful moments because, yeah, there you didn't feel the pressure of like, is the congregation clapping? Are they not (laughs) clapping? Are they in it? Are they not in it? Are they just like watching us are they worshiping along with us like you weren't really worried about that you're just focusing on god and like filling him and giving him praises and whatever's Mm -hmm. put on our hearts we're just giving it to him and the blessing too like i'll never forget those moments because i remember there's just like so much fear like amongst our church family because the the virus was very new no one knew what was like capable of happening like if people got it they were going to die or their family members were going to die and then that's when they they came out with the blessing and we sung it right when we heard it mike sent me the spanish version and we did it that sunday and yeah i i didn't even like i i had to practice that song probably about 10 times during that rehearsal because I wasn't comfortable with it. I was, right. it was very new, obviously. Shout out I, to our boy, Edgar Aguilar. Yeah. For the for translation. Thanks Legit. Edgar. <laughs> he translated it and it's beautiful translation, but we practiced it so many times so it could get embedded in us. So we weren't focused on the details, but we we're just focused on the overall message of the song. Mm. And so we were prepared, prepared to declare that and i don't that moment i just i'll never forget i just felt like fire within all of us where we were just like praying and declaring like favor and protection upon like every family not just the family members of our church but the family members that are watching online and throughout the entire world that need a sign of hope that needed Mm -hmm. a sign of faith because they were just so consumed with fear and uh anxiety and they were just scared because no one knew what was the outcome of what was happening in our world so I remember during that season, um, I was talking to some of the different team members that were present because it was mainly just team members, as we're all saying during that. I think it was like mainly, maybe like a month or so. It was just the team and then people started trickling in. Um, but I remember we were talking about it and I had said, you know, it feels so intimate when it's just this year. You know, it feels so intimate. And I remember one of them saying, yeah. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and it was God's calling his people to a place of intimacy throughout this year, you know, and I feel like that changed the game for a lot of different people. Um, because now when you look through it, as you were mentioning earlier, um, 
you can see through the camera when it's for show and when it's true and pure worship. Not necessarily that you're supposed to be judging everybody and looking at them through a microscope saying, hey, are you purely worshiping? You know, but I feel like from that moment on, I feel like it shifted, like the atmosphere shifted. Either it was just with our team and different people with our church family, because I think it was after you sang the blessing, a lot more people started trickling in through the doors of our church and people started saying, hey, whether there's a disease or no disease, we're going to come through and we're going to worship together. And that's also our Mexican culture, just to, you know, just uh, trickle in, just trickle in and break the rules. That's how we do it. That's just how we trickle do in. it. Take over a country. Well, I think whenever they started coming back, uh, they were a lot more um, thankful for being at the church. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. we didn't get any complaints about sound, um, uh, not from the people. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get any complaints about like the song selection, the cameras up on mm-hmm. the platform. Uh, we were just all over the place with, um, I mean, they were coming back to like a very different worship scene and uh, they weren't critiquing it. They were very forgiving. Right. No, right. You, um, they were, or they were, they were thankful. They weren't like forgiving, uh, but they were very thankful for being there. Yeah. They were hungry. And hungry. <laughs> they, were, they were hungry to be back, <laughs> you know, and to experience. I love it. Um, last thing is, is what I traditionally do on our podcast is I give you guys, it's like give our guests time to just, I guess, more directly speak to the people listening um, throughout to either encourage them on their journey. You guys are both worship leaders, you guys are songwriters, and you guys are just doing this thing one day at a time. And I'm grateful to uh, see you guys do it. I'm grateful to be a part of it in my small part that I get to be a part of it. You guys are awesome. Um, what would you, uh, starting with Mike, how would you encourage the, I guess, the person starting with the iPhone 7 live streaming or the person who is learning how to play guitar for the first time or is learning how to start up a church and they don't have the worship capability yet but they they're looking at what you guys are doing and they're like oh that's the instagram like how do i get to that part and they're doing what you had said earlier which is they're comparing themselves so what would you like how would you inspire them to say this is this is how you do or this is what you should do uh to start off with like encouraging them um that god is going to supply all the resources needed for <laughs> Uh, their ministry he's mm. gonna equip the call the called not just like you know call the called he, he's gonna like <laughs> equip them yeah. to uh, like to have what they need the tools necessary uh, and and you may not receive all those tools at first so you have to like and do well with what you have so mm. if all I had was an iPhone 7 I try to get the best shot as possible like the best shot that I could and uh slowly and quickly upgrade from there like i'd like maybe get like a a little microphone as an adapter which you can get and it would sound a little bit better Mm -hmm. maybe get a lens for the iphone which you can get and it'll look a little bit better and start to build up from there we started off with one camera and uh a computer and it just uh kind of built up from there it doesn't come overnight and you can't expect it to come overnight if you were blessed with fifty thousand dollars worth of equipment you wouldn't know what to do with it right uh so you have to start up from the ground in order for you to understand what you have and 
then you'll actually be thankful for what you have too. That's the other thing. Like if you don't have uh, what you want yet, be thankful for what you do have. Uh, that's also like very critical to like being a uh, worship leader. If you are always like looking uh, through like the store window, uh, just like, God, why don't I have that? Mm. Uh, you know, God's not going to bless that kind of attitude. You got to mm. be thankful for what you do have. Uh, and if all it is is just um, uh, an iPhone 7 or a, a cheap karaoke system, uh, like I, I, I don't mind starting from from that. Like I, that's where I did start from. I right. I started from like Radio Shack speakers. Yeah. Um, and I cherish those moments uh, because like I like I'm appreciative of all the equipment that um, that I get to use now. It's it's uh, and I understand the equipment that we use now. And that's that's why I understand them, because like I had to start purchasing one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I actually said <laughs> iPhone seven. I was I was going to I was going to ask you a different variation of the question. Oh, I, was, <laughs> my bad. I didn't really like, uh, No, okay. I wasn't. Mike I was, was <laughs> waiting for wanting me to answer. I'm like, bro. Mike hey. was like piggyback, Brittany, piggyback. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so used to me piggybacking. <laughs> The reason why I said iPhone 7 is because Hosea told me um, before he said, you know, we started off with an iPhone 7 and it was his iPhone 7. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. Um, Brittany, uh, how would you, um, I guess, uh, how would you share with somebody saying um, who, a, a worship leader who is trying to find their voice? Um, I believe a lot of us tend to be a megaphone or an echo before we start finding our voice um, and how we want to express ourselves. Um, so how would you encourage those to be like, hey, just just step out, just go for it? Like, how would you do that to somebody? I mean, yeah. I <laughs> what? <laughs> She's like, it starts um, off with yeah. taking off your shoes. <laughs> I think it all, like, you can't get caught up with like worrying about what people think or how they view you or um, like how they judge you with your worship. I think if you get so caught up with the comments and opinions, like you're going to, you're going to really damage yourself because <laughs> it's really easy to get caught up in that. But I think it's just, you always just got to stay close to Jesus. Like always uh, remind yourself, like, why do you like to sing? Why do you like to lead worship? like where where did that passion come from mm -hmm. and usually it comes from like a moment like where you're just like really vulnerable or mm. in a really dark place and you had like an encounter with jesus That's and powerful. he just like you know you you felt it so strongly that you felt just like this relief or peace or hope or faith and in those moments sometimes especially if you love to sing like it, those melodies just come out and because you're so grateful of like the peace that he's given you you just want to give him all the love and adoration and all that and i think if you keep that as like your center like you won't get caught up with the opinions of others but you just have such a strong relationship with him or a strong uh passion for worshiping him that you'll just kind of step out and like do it. And it's not going to be, I'm not saying it's easy. Like, Oh, I have Jesus. It's easy. It's going to sure. be scary sometimes, but yeah. 
you just got to do it. Like, I don't know the better way to say it. <laughs> like, You're like, just do it, Nike. <laughs> do it. Because I, I've done a lot of stuff that I was really nervous to do. And I've had a lot of fails, like failures, I could say, where I like s- said something like, especially in Spanish, I like said something random, like spontaneous, and it made no sense. And that could easily like make me, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I can't do this. I, I messed up or mm-hmm. I can't even make sense when I leave worship. Why am I doing this? But you just can't get caught up in that. You just got to like, okay, I messed up. It's okay. What can I do to be better? Or just, you know, maybe prepare, prep a little in the beginning or give yourself a little grace. Like you're right. going to mess up, but through those mess ups, don't give up if that's it you feel like you're passionate and you're called to do this and you love this with all of your heart, like nothing will stop you from doing it. So I don't even know if that answered the question, but (laughs) Mike, did you want to piggyback (laughs) off of that? (laughs) Mike, this is your one opportunity to piggyback. (laughs) Uh, You got to answer the call. I like that one. (laughs) You got to answer the call. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was great. We're going to put that on the description. You got to answer the call. I like that. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining and being a Thanks part. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah, thank you of this podcast episode. It was awesome. It was enlightening, and uh, can't wait for Oiklamamos coming out. Yes. Yeah, we're doing a music video Friday. this Saturday too. What? That we're pretty excited about. What? Yeah, no way. Just, yes. Yeah. Did we get details? Like minor details? Uh, yeah. Some like uh, some cool artists are going to be involved. Uh, there's going to be a couple other things that we do um that day too is gonna be like uh i don't have to worry about any of the video equipment or anything like that that's all getting taken care of is Brittany uh, wearing so shoes in this music video uh, <laughs> who knows you have to see the video to find out yeah it's not coming out on saturday it's, it's not coming out. out on saturday <laughs> oh, but we'll, we'll it will post come out soon yeah something but um but yeah i mean we're just thankful for uh every opportunity yeah. that comes our way we're like in the grateful uh, status or um, grateful part, period yeah the grateful period of our lives which <laughs> is like man, this is cool but we hope to always stay in that period yeah i know <laughs> i don't want to yeah. it sound like it's temporary like, oh my gosh not him again sure <laughs> sure i guess yeah. I, I guess i'll sing with like uh, whatever chris not brown even. again stop no i will always Heard be grateful that. no i will always be grateful for every opportunity you sing with chris brown no no no, no. He no. I was just oh i was like no this is future, like, future. Really? <laughs> Mike's just prophesying like future stuff. He's like in the name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, this Friday, April 2nd, Oiklam almost comes out on all major platforms. So don't forget. Oh, and even multi tracks too. Yeah, so multi-tracks. you're gonna get your multi tracks with uh uh Oiklam almost. This is wild. so if you want to play it at your church uh and you want some backing tracks, uh you can check that out. Uh multi tracks or sequencias.com. This is the Ambition Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be professional. That one's out of nowhere. (laughs) Can we get a close-up on how Britney's dying right now? (laughs) Really? Cannot, Izzy. You're probably the only person (laughs) that can, like, do that with, like, the straightest face. (laughs) Jose, do I do the outro now or later? This is the Ambition Podcast with Israel Zap. These are my guests. We got Mike Hernandez. We have Brittany Arroyo. We have Humbert in the back in shorts and flip-flops and a <laughs> Nike sweatshirt. <laughs> and um, Jose being the freaking mastermind behind all of this. Um, feel free to like, subscribe, comment. And if you are questioning whether or not Brittany is wearing shoes, she's wearing Vans. But you can't see it.
because we don't have a white shot. But not high heels. Not high heels. Nah. No. Her shoes are still on offer up today. <laughs> Just kidding. Please leave a like, comment, subscribe, share, and I'll see you guys later. Peace out. Outro I'm, music. Outro. <laughs> Insert here. <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> Dude, that was legit. Thanks, guys.